Welcome to the Data Security Podcast, sponsored by SimCore. I'm your host, David Browie. SimCore develops innovative, next-generation file integrity monitoring software. SimTrack Integrity Suite monitors and protects a wide range of physical, network, cloud, and virtual IT assets in real time, while providing detailed forensic information about all changes. Securing your infrastructure with SimTrack helps you get compliant and stay that way. You can find out more about SimCore and SimTrack on the web at simcore.com forward slash SimTrack. Joining us today is Scott Schober, cyber expert, CEO of Berkeley Veritronic Systems, and author of the popular books, Hacked Again and Senior Cyber. Scott, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, fabulous to be here with you again, David. A real pleasure as always, and very interested to hear your thoughts about one of the latest hacks that's been going on. Now, Eversource is a company in Connecticut. They're an energy company, and they apparently have leaked a little bit of data, as companies do these days. It's a good thing they're not a water company, or that would be woefully ironic. (laughs) It's an electricity company that is leaking. Tell me about what's happened there. Yeah, well, they're a decent-sized provider here up in New England, and they're roughly, I don't know, about 10,000 employees and serve about 4.4 million customers. And they did have to deal with a recent cyber attack, and it's of the likes of what a lot of others, the banking industry and hospitals and different businesses up in the Connecticut area have been dealing with. They've been challenged with some of these cyber attacks here. And then this particular one is tied into, I guess, what, about 1,400 customers in Connecticut that are enrolled in this solar incentive program and working with a third party here. And, and it's caused all kinds of challenges because as usual, social security numbers, they believe to have been compromised. And as always, they're kind of saying, hey, we're really sorry. We're going to be providing free identity protection services. We're going to give you credit monitoring services for anybody affected by this recent data breach. And I guess they're not alone because this is really part of a much larger breach. And I guess that's what kind of catches all of our attention. I think when you hear how many organizations are affected, and this is in conjunction, I guess, with MoveIt, which is kind of a managed file transfer software platform that's often used to encrypt files and use file transfer protocols, which is very common. We hear about it, FTP. We use that all the time. And it's a great way to move a data, but keeping it secure. But that's kind of the crux of the breach, I guess. And that's a big concern when it starts out and you find out a little bit. And then as they kind of unpeel the onion, you learn how much more it affects and how many more people and other companies that are affected as well. Yeah, it's quite an interesting one. I mean, this move it has proven to be quite a tenacious little pain, hasn't it? So it just keeps popping up. But this is one of the problems, isn't it? This is the sort of thing that it's not a major platform in a company. It's something that probably someone has installed. It might have been set up you know, at an enterprise level to provide a very particular, somewhat esoteric function that certain business processes use. It's probably not necessarily on anyone's radar until suddenly there's a major vulnerability and you find out everybody's yeah. been using it. I think they're saying <laughs> 1,100 companies have already been hit by this move it vulnerability. Yeah. That's scary because that's what they know, right? And I think somewhere I read too was they estimate that out of those 1,100 or so companies, it probably affects about 60 million individuals. So you start to really back up from this and see how dangerous it is. And it's not just any one sector. It's not just energy, like as we're talking about here, but it affected healthcare sector, motor vehicle, transportation, government services, an unemployment agency, the list goes on and on and on. And you start to say, wow, it's hitting a lot of verticals because a lot of people use this. Yeah. And simply the process of transferring files is something that everybody does to some degree. So yeah, it's the kind of vulnerability that just keeps on giving, I suppose. So it's caused a bit of a problem here. 1,400 customers, as you were saying, people who'd enrolled in a solar incentive program. So that's their personal details. These were given to an external party. Also an electric vehicle incentive program, about 1,800 accounts and managed through the same provider. 
this is a challenge. I mean, you're a company, you make power, you bring on a third-party company to manage this new program that you're running. You want them to enroll your customers. You want them to not get hacked in the process. How do you do that? I mean, clearly someone didn't check something. Someone didn't think about this. This third party hadn't gotten around to finding out whether they were vulnerable to this moment of vulnerability. It's a real exposure. Yeah, it certainly is. And what scares me also is often when it hits home. And what do I mean by that is like a large part of our business has been dealing with electric vehicle installers. So a good portion of our customer base have been victimized in one way or another by having some of their information compromised because we're talking to people every day that are racing to install electric vehicle chargers. A lot of it here, at least in the United States, it's federally backed. So there's incentives, there's grants, there's programs to get it done very quickly and to meet the problem of right now, you can't find a charger here in the States, especially in busy cities and stuff. So everybody's running out to get electric vehicles and it's still less than 1% of the population, but that still translates to a lot of people. They're looking to plug their car into to charge it and they're waiting in line. And now they're waiting hours, I hear some people say. So it's become a big problem. So the government's stepping in, let's speed this up. So suddenly more people are joining in because they're getting these incentives. And now only to find out, oh no, my information's been compromised. How safe is my information? How did this happen? So it makes it very difficult when there's a big push behind something and then there's a data breach. People back up and pause a little bit and say, ooh, how safe am I? How safe is my information now? It's a concern, and it's probably not like people would not have provided their information. You have to provide this information to participate in the program. So you're trusting that the service provider and anybody that they've enlisted to help with this program are doing the right thing with your data. So quite a number of very unhappy EV owners, but otherwise unhappy right now with this happening. That's for sure. And I think you make a good point there. I think when we sign up for something, it's kind of implied that when we provide information, be it personal, financial information... A company is going to do everything and anything they can to protect our personal information because we have, you know, money exchanged and we have agreements in place, this and that. And then when you only find out that, oh, by the way, your information may have been compromised and they're not 100% crystal clear how it happened often. And then you get these kind of insulting letters that, hey, we're going to give you free credit monitoring in case something happens and this and that. And everybody's like, oh, no, not again. This has already happened years ago with Target and then my Home Depot card and then this and then that. So people are kind of numb to this. And I think they've got a little bit of a maybe breach fatigue in there going on because it's happened to so many people so many times and their information's out there. They, they throw their hands up and say, why bother? That's what we hear often here, at least in the U.S. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsor. SimCore develops innovative, next-generation file integrity monitoring software. The SimTrack Integrity Suite monitors and protects a wide range of physical, network, cloud, and virtual IT assets in real time, while providing detailed forensic information about all changes. Securing your infrastructure with SimTrack helps you get compliant and stay that way. You can find out more about SimCore and SimTrack on the web at simcore.com simtrack. That's C-I-M-C-O-R dot com slash C-I-M-T-R-A-K. And now back to the podcast. That's such a concern that we've reached that point already. I mean, this is you know, only a few years into what we might call the sort of digital revolution or whatever, but... I noticed that Eversource was saying that we take seriously the security of our customers' information and we continue to review the security controls of all contractors while taking appropriate protective security measures. Now, the question, of course, is if they're able to go out and review the security protocols of all contractors now, why didn't they do it earlier when it mattered? 
Yeah, exactly. And then toward the latter part of the article, I thought it was interesting. I guess the source of the actual software for the third party quickly created multiple patches to address the vulnerability as standard practice in the software industry. So once people started screaming loud enough and the lawyers probably got involved, suddenly there was a patch and a solution. Unfortunately, the damage is done. To patch things, you have to now go back and update the software, in some cases firmware, whatever it is, to solve a problem. And we deal with that as a company all the time. When we see something, we need to typically put out a notice to all of our customers. And if we don't hear a response by email, we have to pick the phone up and call them. Now, we're a small company. It's easy to do when you've got you know several hundred people that you have to call. When you've got thousands and potentially millions of customers, that can be a expensive and arduous task to properly notify them what's compromised, this and that. And then all the people that are in the process that might need these updates to be installed and make sure everybody's on board. So it's, it's tough. Well, it can be a lot easier. All you have to do is enlist a third-party uh, call center operating company to take the private details of all of your customers, and they can make all those calls for them, right? They'll take care of it for you. No problem whatsoever. So this is the issue, though, isn't it? You bring on people to do things, and particularly extraordinary things that may be one-off campaigns or membership drives or just you know membership offers or whatever. You're going to need that extra support. You need to make sure that the company that you get to do that is respecting security in the same way. I was interested to hear that you not only sometimes get third-party vulnerabilities, but actually fourth-party vulnerabilities. So one of your supplier's suppliers has got a problem there. How would you have any visibility to even know who they're using or what vulnerabilities are there until it's too late? Yeah, that gets scary. And you bring up a brilliant point. For companies, big or small, it is important to ask yourself, who are you working with? You could have the best program internally to make sure that you're cyber savvy and everybody's educated and awareness training and doing best practices. But then who are your vendors and the other parties that you rely upon heavily that hold a lot of that personal information? Do they do as good of a job? So it's just really all of our business to get on board and take it serious and vet those that you're dealing with to make sure that they're properly vetted and they're doing what they should be doing. It'll make us all more safe, I think, in the end. Certainly hope so. <laughs> so we, it seems like we can't be any more unsafe at the moment. I was going to ask about these identity protection services. That is a standard line that comes out when there's a hack. We're going to sign you up for an identity protection service. And as I said, most people will be like, well, just add it to my account because I've already got three or four of those going. Is this an effective solution to a data breach? Is it actually helping customers? Do we have a sense of whether that is anything more than just something that companies say to make themselves feel better? Yeah, I think unfortunately it's become standard practice and what's been kind of accepted in the industry that that's the bare minimum that you must do these days. And this started probably about 10 years ago. To me, one of the early standouts was certainly the target breach here in the US because it affected the sheer number of people and credit cards. And that was the thing back then. They provided free credit monitoring and the service, so on and so forth. I don't think it's that valuable, honestly, because the damage is already done. You can get credit monitoring and they're supposed to call you and alert you if somebody's trying to monkey around and take out identity in your name and this and that. I've heard of a lot of people that have had that and I've even heard of people that have had that service that they're paying for and then been compromised. The question is how well is the company that stands behind it? And some of the companies here, like not to pick on anybody, but we will, Experian, for example, had a huge, massive breach. And they hold tons of people's personal information and they will charge people 
and provide credit monitoring services, but yet they house all of, you know, a certain percentage of Americans' personal information. Now they're charging people to alert you if you're compromised, but they themselves dropped the ball in the past and had a massive data breach and had it compromised. So it's kind of ironic. Companies are making money on the backs of people based upon a data breach in the hopes that you're I don't want to say dumb enough, but willing to pay them lots of money to protect your information. They just don't do a great job. It's not good. Well, that's a separate business model in itself, isn't it? <laughs> Collect data, get breached, get another division of your business to clean it up. It, it just goes around in circles. Kind of self-fulfilling. It reminds me of maybe these companies that provide antivirus software and other things of protections. And you wonder if out the back door, there's some guys writing viruses to fill the sales funnel at the front door. I don't know. It's scary. Well, those are the guys working behind that door over there. We don't know what they do in there. So Exactly. <laughs> magic. <laughs> it's magic. We're, they just come out every once in a while for a coffee yeah. and then they go back in. We don't know anything about the, what's going on in that room. It's certainly an interesting one. I mean, we have this idea that we get breached and somehow these services are going to really help things. Probably not so much, as you're saying, but what else can they really do? It's all reactivity. It's all a lot of hope. And ironically, these credit monitoring services are running as third parties. And again, as he said, you know, you can risk some pretty serious breaches because that's where the data is. Oh, sure. Really sensitive data about millions and millions and millions of people. Well, you know, that makes them very appealing for the hackers. Yeah. And what I usually do is encourage people to consider having their credit frozen. It is free to actually do that. And you have to contact three different companies here in the United States and let them know that you want your credit frozen. Of course, if you want to take out an auto loan or this or that, you have to unfreeze your credit or thaw your credit so you could temporarily have somebody do a quick credit check and make sure everything's okay. So it becomes a bit of a pain and a task to do that. And it takes you managing the security challenge questions and the passwords and things to dethaw your credit or unfreeze it temporarily and then put it back. But managing it that way, at least you have the assurance that nobody is going to take out credit in your name or perform identity theft. Those things are actual things you can do that are protective and gives you some level of control as opposed to just being alerted, hey, somebody tried to do something with your information. It's kind of too late then, in my opinion. Very good advice, Scott. And it's certainly an important thing for everybody to be aware of. The risks of these breaches are very real. The risk that data has been compromised is very real. The reality that we've probably all been compromised already is also very real. So I mean, true. These breaches are measured in the billions at this point. It's almost like, why bother anymore? Nonetheless, we keep trying, don't we? Yes. We got to fight back. Otherwise, we will really lose. And if we fight back, we have at least a chance of protecting our data. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Scott. Pleasure as always. Yes. Thanks again for having me on. The Data Security Podcast is sponsored by SimCore. SimCore develops innovative, next-generation file integrity monitoring software. The SimTrack Integrity Suite monitors and protects a wide range of physical, network, cloud, and virtual IT assets in real time, while providing detailed forensic information about all changes. Securing your infrastructure with SimTrack helps you get compliant and stay that way. You can find out more about SimCore and SimTrack on the web at simcore.com forward slash SimTrack. To hear our other podcasts and to watch our videos, visit us at cybercrimemagazine.com.